Many people have no clue how their pension works, where to find it or even how to open one. Enter Pension B, a leading online pension provider that's on a mission to make pensions simple so that customers across the UK can save for a happy retirement. Pension B's website and app make it simple for customers to combine their old pension pots, contribute flexibly and withdraw their pension money all in one place. Download the app to get started or head to pensionb.com for more information. Just remember that when investing, your capital is at risk. I'm Emily Bellet and you're listening to The Wallet. In this mini-series Banking Bad, we explore six true crime stories all about money. We've gone from the abuse of New York icon Brooke Astor to fueling a betting addiction through payday loans and the dot-com bubble. And today, we'll discuss meme stocks and speculation. If you enjoyed the series, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We read every single one. Today, I want to tell you a story about how one individual changed the course of history with a simple trade on Reddit. You've probably heard the story. It's one of the most feel-good stories in financial history. And here to help me tell it is financial journalist Ayana Bain. It seemed to be an unusual David versus Goliath story as well in the financial world and one in which David was winning. However, if you unpack the story more, you realize that quite a lot of mythology has grown up around the GameStop saga now. So it's 2019 and there's this 33-year-old guy called Keith Gill. He's a financial analyst and he works as a financial wellness education director at an insurance company called Mass Mutual, based in Boston. And in his spare time, he plays video games and spends time on the internet. His name is uh, Deep Fucking Value on Reddit and Roaring Kitty on Twitter and YouTube. Keith begins sharing his own trades on the subreddit with screenshots of his portfolio. Wall Street Bets is a forum on Reddit and Wall Street Bets now has, you know, well over a million members. It's extremely popular now, but it really came to the fore Um, and is most famous for several extreme phenomena, really, in the US investment market. Betting up the price of meme stocks. These meme stocks tend to be stocks where they attract a lot of attention in a short space of time, um, going viral in the process and therefore becoming the subject of lots of memes. Um, But also um, they are huge fans of Elon Musk, and really worship him. Um, It feels a little bit like a personality cult, actually. But I would say Wall Street Bets is a very unconventional investing forum. Uh, When I wrote about it in the I newspaper in 2022, I described it in this way. I said, to scroll down its feed is to take a trip into the mind of an alienated, self-destructive, unreconstructed bro who sees the stock market as a cross between a casino and a cruel initiation ceremony. And I think that description does pretty much sum up what Wall Street Bets is. It gives you an idea of how outrageous and wild it is. Soon enough, Keith has amassed hundreds of followers online under the name Roaring Kitty. But no one really knows who he is, his real name. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Roaring Kitty. He logs onto YouTube and goes live drinking beer. In a deep fucking cheers to all y'all. Sometimes smoking cigars in a t-shirt with kittens on it. 
and a red bandana tied around his head. This channel revolves around live streams where I share my daily routine of tracking stocks, performing investment research, and a whole bunch of boring stuff like that. Lately, it just seems like there's been heightened interest in the stock market, especially among investors new to the industry, right? And for these folks, I'm thinking seeing a legitimate investment process like mine in action day to day could help set you on the right path to building out your own investment process over time. Now, I ain't going to lie, I'm going to be doing some boring stuff on this stream, like analyzing financial statements, looking at spreadsheets and charts and all that. I mean, research is boring, right? But maybe if it's more collaborative and interactive, maybe we could have some fun with it, you know? Or maybe not. What the hell do I know? He, as his Reddit handle suggests, is um, actually an old-fashioned value investor, or this is at least what he espouses through his videos. Um, and, and what that means is that he tries to look for companies that I would describe as being in the bargain bin of the stock market. These are companies that are a bit overlooked and therefore could be underpriced and might have the potential to grow in the future and therefore make you some money. Keith Gill was taking his cue from some much better known investors in the US. Um, and one character that tends to get overlooked in this particular story is Michael Burry. Now, Michael Burry is better known for having bet against and shorted the subprime mortgage crisis um, in 2008. He made an awful lot of money. And Michael Lewis famously wrote about this in his book, The Big Short, which got turned into a film and Christian Bale played Burry very memorably. Fast forward to 2019 and Burry decides that actually a lot of big institutional investors and hedge funds have been shorting GameStop. An American brick and mortar retailer that specializes in video games, consumer electrics and gaming merchandise. I've been betting against it and therefore its share price has really been tanking. He decides to buy quite a big stake, 3.3% in GameStop, and he starts writing to the company's directors to say, look, you need to buck up your ideas here. You're letting your investors down. You're letting this company go to the wall. Um, there are certain things you can do. He, in the main, advised them to do share buybacks, which is a controversial practice because it does prop up share prices in quite an artificial way because you're basically adding to the demand for those, share, for those shares. Um, but he nonetheless advised the company to do this to try to improve, you know, the profitability on the earnings per share and to basically make the company a more attractive investment proposition. Um, and he did this a few times throughout 2019. And some people started paying attention to this. And Keith Gill was one of them. And following on from that, there was another um, activist investor an activist investment is when you have, you know, individuals or companies taking stakes um, in other companies and saying, actually, um, we want you to do things differently. We are going to start to, you know, call the shots around here and we want you to, to do X, Y and Z so you can improve the share price of the company. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But um, GameStop did become the focus of activists. Um, attention in 2019 and another activist investor called Ryan Cohen um, started buying up shares in GameStop. He then acquired a stake that was over 10%, so bigger than Michael Burry's. And then he joined the board of GameStop um, in um, early 2021. And, and that started to trigger, um, you know, this much bigger interest in GameStop. And Keith Gill all the way along was observing this, was reporting on this and talking about how this meant that GameStop 
was undervalued, that all these hedge funds had shorted the company. But actually now that meant that there was um, potential to make money from it and, and for its share price to go up. Keith begins investing in GameStop in June 2019. And by September of the same year, he has invested $53,000 of his life savings into GameStop stock and options at around $5 a share. But there's something fishy going on. The GameStop stock had been dropping in price for six years and many hedge funds were betting on the terminal decline. Hedge funds, which basically tend to invest on behalf of very wealthy people and institutions with lots of money, and they can use lots of um, quite controversial techniques to maximize their profits. They can take um, a certain level of risk and they've got more flexibility to do that because they have the license to do so from their clients. They're almost under pressure. They were using various methods to manipulate the market and drive down the price of GameStop, such as spreading false rumors, creating fake news articles, or buying up shares themselves. So short selling is a popular technique among some hedge funds, and it's when a trader borrows shares and sells them in the hope that the price will fall so they can buy back those shares at a lower price so they're making a profit on the difference there. And it's essentially betting against the company, which sounds like a very negative thing to do. Now, it has been argued that short selling can perform a useful function in the market because, to put it brutally, it cuts out the deadwood. It hastens the demise of companies that might have otherwise lurched on. Um, and it's an antidote to overpricing in the market. You know, it can suggest that actually companies have been valued a bit too keenly by the market and maybe brings them back down to a more realistic level. And it can force management to make difficult but necessary decisions as well to try to keep the company alive. But it is controversial because it's essentially profiting from the death of a company with all the you know, real life consequences that has, for instance, all the job losses that that entails. And you could argue it doesn't really create value in the real economy. And actually, the main reason why it's done is to just make rich investors even richer. But there is a problem with short selling, which is that actually it carries this risk of unlimited losses. The alternative to that is taking a long position Um, which you and I might just describe as you know, buying a share, waiting for its value to rise and then selling it at that point and making a profit. That's what Keith is doing. Yo, what up? The GameStop thesis is super simple, but it's often misunderstood. Everyone classifies it as a cigar butt and then just moves on. But it's more than that. He runs to his computer and shares the news on Reddit, Wall Street bets on Discord. And more detailed investors or bedroom traders start buying GameStop shares too. GameStop is an established, uniquely positioned player in a thriving $150 billion gaming industry. The price of GameStop stock starts going up and up and up. Well, suddenly the short sellers have a problem. They've got to try and cover their short positions and therefore they have to buy back the stock to try to limit their losses. Um, but the more they do that, the more the, the share price goes up. Um, and therefore, you're kind of triggering this, this vicious cycle where, you know, the more the price goes up, the more the short sellers are having to buy back the shares to cover their positions. 
and the hedge funds are losing billions of dollars. They're freaking out. They need to buy these shares back to return them. They hadn't um, bargained on Wall Street bets and the fact that they would launch this really coordinated um, attack, really, and that they would intentionally um, orchestrate this short squeeze, which would then lead to these losses. And Keith keeps buying shares. On paper, he's made a lot of money and he's encouraging his followers not to sell. They're egging each other on, posting diamond emojis and saying they've got diamond hands. They will not sell. They want a stock to go to the moon. They're willing the price to climb. They're in this together. It's a revolution. And, and as this was gaining more and more traction, it was starting to get more attention from the wider public. Video game retailer GameStop is set to continue their head-spinning ascent today. Shares are now up more than 60%. Pre-market. A subreddit group with more than 3 million members known as Wall Street Bets. We are seeing a phenomenon uh, that I have uh, never seen. There's nothing normal about what you're seeing when it comes to this stock right now. And the subreddit um, started getting far more traffic and it kind of put the idea in lots of people's heads that actually this was a way to make money in an incredibly short space of time. It was an easy way to get rich quick. So thousands of people piled in. Keith's investment is now valued at nearly $48 million. He now has 200,000 shares of the company, a crazy position for an individual investor. This was definitely exacerbated when Elon Musk tweeted GameStonk with two exclamation marks. Now, GameStonk is um, a reference to how GameStop was described on the Wall Street Bets community. Um, and it's, yes, it's, it's meant to be incorrect because it's actually a, a typo. I think somebody put GameStonk once. Everyone thought it was hilarious. And that was it. The name stuck. And so they um, kept referring to it as GameStonk thereafter. So when Elon Musk tweeted this, it was shorthand for go and have a look at what these guys are doing over on Wall Street Bets. It's crazy. It's fun. You know, I'm loving it. He actually shared a link to the community and that further pushed up the value of GameStop shares. So they went from $18 per share at the beginning of January to over $500 On January 27, 2021, Discord removes the Wall Street Bet server, citing hateful content. Some believe it's censorship, linking it to the GameStop stock surge and accusing Discord of protecting hedge funds. Shortly after Discord banned the server, the moderators made the entire Wall Street Bet subreddit private as well, taking it dark for nearly an hour. Then on January 28, 2021, Robinhood, the app that retail investors like Keith are using to buy and sell shares, suspends the ability to buy shares of GameStop. But they did allow people to continue to sell um, the stock. So that angered an awful lot of people, including politicians from across the political spectrum. It's not very common that you'll see, you know, Alexandra Ocadio-Cortez and Ted Cruz um, both agreeing that actually what Robin Hood did there was stop the ordinary investor from profiting any further from GameStop, but potentially allowed the hedge funds to limit their losses. And and they really added to this narrative that actually 
the ordinary investor was being cheated out of their opportunity to make money in a system that was rigged against them, whilst the hedge funds, as ever, were being protected and covered by, you know, their cronies within Wall Street. That that was a narrative that really started to take hold and, and sort of added to the David and Goliath feel of the whole affair. There is a turning point then in late January, early February, when the sell-off begins um, and Keith Gill suddenly goes quiet and doesn't seem to have that same almost um, maniacal faith that he had in the stock um, that convinced so many people to come on board, including people who had never invested before and were convinced that actually the sky was the limit or, you know, to use their terminology, that this could go to the moon. Um, Because in theory, you know, the number of people who could join in with this was limitless. Uh, And the, the utopia, the dream, was presumably that, you know, if most or every person out there who had the capacity to join in with this did so, um, then everybody could make a huge amount of money from doing it. But this rather neglected the reality that once um, once the share price hit a certain level and some people decide that they're going to, um, you know, take their profits, Keith allegedly ends up selling his shares at $400 per share for $40 million in profit. But no one knows for sure. The only way after that is down. And that's exactly what happened and the share price really started to tumble then. And because lots of ordinary beginner investors had jumped on this bandwagon, um, they didn't really have any conviction in GameStop to start with. So conviction is a word that's used a lot in the investment world. And it basically means kind of, um, you know, a solid faith or belief in an investment, um, even when you go through tough times with it. Um, conviction investors will stick with something because they believe fundamentally that, that it's that it's the right investment to make, despite the turbulence that might happen in the meantime. Um, well, these beginner investors were, were very far from, far removed from being conviction investors, especially in GameStop. For them, this was really about getting one over on the system. It was also about just making a lot of money in a short space of time. Well, once things started to turn, lots of retail investors got out. But unfortunately, it meant that also lots of people lost money. And I think that's when the backlash really began, not just against Robin Hood, because they had played a big part in quelling some of this hysteria around GameStop, but also against the likes of Keith Gill, who suddenly went quite quiet at this point and didn't seem to be telling people to hang on in there and to have faith. In February 2021, Keith is hit with a lawsuit alleging that he had violated securities laws against manipulating the market. The lawsuit claims that Keith had bought GameStop shares for $5 and then used social media to drive shares from around $20 in early January to more than $400 in just two weeks. Thank you, Chairwoman Waters, Ranking Member McHenry, members of the committee. Keith gives testimony as part of a virtual hearing held by the U.S. House Financial Services Committee on February 18, 2021, as part of a discussion about when short sellers, social media and retail investors collide. 
During the hearing, Keith testifies that he did not solicit anyone to buy or sell the stock for his own profit. It is true that my investment in that company multiplied in value many times. For that, I feel enormously fortunate. I also believe the current price of the shares demonstrates that I've been right about the company. A few things I am not. I'm not a cat. I am not an institutional investor, nor am I a hedge fund. I do not have clients, and I do not provide personalized investment advice for fees or commissions. I'm just an individual whose investment in GameStop and posts on social media were based upon my own research and analysis. As for what happened in January, others will have to explain it. It's alarming how little we know about the inner workings of the market. And I am thankful that this committee is examining what happened. I also want to say that I support retail investors' right to invest in what they want, when they want. I support the right of individuals to send a message based on how they invest. As for me, I like the stock. In April 2022, a court dismisses the lawsuit, alleging Keith violated securities laws by inciting the rally in GameStop and causing huge losses for investors. The insurer MassMutual, ex-employee of Keith, will pay a $4 million fine as part of a settlement with Massachusetts regulators involving the conduct of Keith, as he was also carrying out trades on behalf of three other people. After seeing Melvin Capital lose billions for shorting GameStop and shut down in 2022, hedge funds are now keeping a close eye on Reddit and other social media. They want to catch wind of any market buzz early on. According to Time magazine, some hedge funds have become more wary about shorting volatile stocks in case they face a counter-movement from invigorated retail investors. The GameStop craze brought regulatory scrutiny to the world of short selling and prompted calls to protect retail investors by restricting risky type of trades and reducing the gamification of trading apps. But there has been very little concrete change so far. There has been this David versus Goliath narrative surrounding the GameStop saga that proves very alluring for people. But unfortunately, the reality doesn't quite match up to that narrative um, for two reasons. Firstly, yes, there were some hedge funds that lost a lot of money. One very notable example of this is Melvin Capital, uh, which lost about $7 billion by betting against GameStop. Um, and it actually had to close in June 2022. However, there were other hedge funds that actually made an awful lot of money from the whole saga, um, and including asset managers like BlackRock um, and also a, a mutual fund um, owned by Morgan Stanley. So there were big players in the financial system who won as a result of, of all of this. And conversely, there were lots of individual retail investors that lost out. There were countless stories afterwards about how those who had been attracted to the investment, albeit quite late in the day, by the time it had started getting coverage in the mainstream media, there were reports of those people having lost most of their savings. And so I think actually, you know, we need to remember that whenever these big events in the stock market happen, um, that, that it's very tempting to, to take it all at face value based on, you know, the, the, the main stories that you read about it in the media, but you might not necessarily get the full story. And there may be lots of people out there who have never shared just how much money they've lost through the GameStop saga because they're too embarrassed to. 
Um, and I don't think there is any shame actually in having lost money through this episode because we all have to learn one way or another. And I actually think one of the positive lessons from all this is that um, that people can't necessarily learn about how to invest at a distance. They can't just learn about it, you know, in an academic way. They do have to roll up their sleeves, get their hands dirty, and that might involve them losing money. Um, but if they can learn the lessons from that and do things a bit differently in future, that's the key thing. And what would be for you the, you know, the, the key lessons for, for these investors, beginners, intermediates um, from, from, from this, this story? I think the positive lessons to be learned from this story are that actually there is value to be made in an old fashioned investing style known as value investing, because that's what this fundamentally was all about. That's what Keith Gill described himself as, whether you, you know, really take him at face value, whether he is who he says he is, you know, regardless of all the controversy surrounding him, I think that it is fair to say that the original strategy of identifying a company that had been completely written off by the market, but still potentially um, could turn things around. I think that's a good strategy for an investor to adopt. It's only what Warren Buffett has been doing throughout his whole career. And he's not one of the world's most successful investors for nothing. It's because that strategy of rooting around in the bargain bin of the stock market can actually lead to you making some really good returns in the long run. But the key is that phrase, the long run. It's about having patience. And I think, unfortunately, that's something that the members of the Wall Street Vets community are somewhat lacking. They don't believe in having patience in the stock market. They don't believe that you should wait at least five years for um, you know, your investments to come good. They think that's all an unnecessary waste of time. But I think that time frame of five years hasn't just been plucked out of the air. It's based on history. It's based on what's gone before. It's based on the research, which shows that actually you've got the most chance of making a return if you stick at it for the long run. Um, and that means investing money in the stock market that you don't need in the here and now. And I you know, get asked today, you know, should I save or should I invest? M my response is save then invest. Um, I don't think it's about choosing between the two. Now, we're currently in a world where there aren't the kind of impressive returns that we saw in the 2010s, and therefore arguing for, for saving is a lot easier than it used to be. Um, but I think if you go on Wall Street bets, they would feel that saving is a waste of time because you can't shoot the lights out. You can't make this incredible life-changing sum of money with saving. No, you can't. But at the same time, you can't lose all your money with saving. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't invest at all. But it is about following, yes, some of those boring, old fashioned, um, but ultimately, you know, quite sensible guidelines around investing that are there for a reason. It's unclear where Keith is now. He and his wife were living with their daughter in Wilmington, Massachusetts, but Keith has not posted on any of his social media accounts since 2021. GameStop is still around. As of November 20th, 2023, the stock price of GameStop is $12.94.